We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. This is Connecting the Dots, and we're on Renegade Talk Radio. How y'all doing out there? Anyway, this is January 25th, 2017, and you know, we're just a few days into the Trump administration, and I've got to say, this is the most industrious administration I think I've ever seen. And what is refreshing is Trump and this administration has, to date, stayed true to his promises that he made on the campaign trail, which almost never happens. So I want to ask you, do you know what the first action that was taken by Trump's administration, and this was happening literally as he was being inaugurated, while Trump was giving a speech, the new administration was busy at work cleaning up the whitehouse.gov website. And the first thing to separate the Obama administration from the new Trump administration to mark the contrast between them was that the website was being scrubbed of all references to climate change at noon that very day. Now, a lot of people immediately think that this indicates that Trump doesn't care about the environment. Well, Renegade Nation, I disagree. I think Trump just simply knows bullshit when he sees it and smells it. And that's why his administration's first task was to clean up the White House's bogus policies behind the climate change agenda. So uh, there's an article, uh, it's all referenced on the links. Um, According to Climate Depot, which is a a part of uh, what's called CFACT, which is the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. And this is a quote from the article. Uh, Climate skeptics are thrilled that one of the very first visible changes of the transition of power between President Obama and Trump is the booting of climate change from the White House website. Trump is truly going to make science great again and reject the notion that humans are the control knob of the climate and that UN treaties and EPA regulations can somehow regulate temperature and storminess. Welcome to the era of sound science, exclamation, unquote. And then meteorologist and Weather Channel founder John Coleman had one word to describe the White House climate website changes. He tweeted, Hooray! And personally, Renegade Nation, I join them in that sentiment. As I've said before many times, the nation, the, the, the whole global warming climate change meme, and by the way, the reason they switched from screaming, global warming, global warming, <gasps> the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and changed the fear porn rants to climate change is because all of their computer modeling programs that were tracking and predicting the rise in temperatures for the last quarter of a century have all failed miserably. All their predictions proven false time and time again. So climate change became their moniker, their slogan to pitch to the ignorant masses who just take politicians and bureaucrats' words as true authority, 
Ah, uh, which I cannot understand. I mean, who actually believes the words of politicians and bureaucrats? Seriously. People, are you back? You know, you know when you bring up climate change and that it's not, you know, it's not a human footprint, you know, so many people argue back to me and they go, they say that the majority of scientists involved are in agreement uh, that it is humanity's fault. Uh, well, at least that's what politicians and bureaucrats claim. The majority of scientists agree, once again, false. The scientists who do agree are on the payroll through corporate and government grants, their very livelihood and careers at stake to back up those claims. And the scientists whose research negated those claims would submit their findings to the agencies of the federal, sign off on their work, and then, after the fact, a bunch of lawyers and bureaucrats would alter those very scientists' research findings to suit the going narrative and publish them falsely. Business, as usual, to suit corporate profitability and the fleecing of the people of the world of more and more of the money from their labor through ever-rising carbon taxes across the board. Tell me, how do higher taxes bring the planet into submission to not change its climate in its ongoing natural cycles of change? I ask you. Yeah, we can control the Earth. <laughs> We can play God. <laughs> We've actually entered a mini ice age as of the last part of the year 2015. Whenever you hear people holler, human footprint, in the doom and gloom meme, just remind them that every planet in our solar system is going through major atmospheric and planetary changes as well right now. So... It's not just this planet going through climate change. It's a much, much bigger picture that has to be brought into this debate and into the research. All of this needs to be included so that we can figure out what's really going on. Just keep reminding yourself that the governments are a corporate conglomerate on an international scale that exist to profit themselves no matter how often they say they're working for our interests. That's the lie that people keep swallowing. That's what the talking heads on TV imply over and over, too. You know, these people get paid a lot of money to lie to you. And they get paid the big bucks because they know how to appear credible, intelligent, and trustworthy. People hear lies over and over long enough, they start to believe them. That's the game, Renegade Nation. You know that. So, Trump's very first action was to scrap climate change, global warming crap off the White House website. Well, I say three cheers. I give a hearty toast of goodwill to the Trump administration. Thank you. So, what else has this new administration done? <laughs> a lot. Uh, just in five days. I, I can't keep up with it all. It's happening so fast. But let's do a quick recap of what I feel are the most important things. Uh, number one, we're pulling out of the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, that corporate conglomerate trade agreement that would have given corporations the power to overrule any country's sovereign laws set up to protect their resources and their people. Corporations would supersede the sovereignty of nations if it interfered with the bottom line of corporate profitability. Big yay there. 
That executive action, the, the rescinding of the TPP and our involvement in it, that sends profound signals to the Democrats and world leaders in foreign capitals around the entire world that Trump's rhetoric concerning trade during the campaign is turning into real action. Normally, whatever candidates have said during the election process rarely takes place. Trump has proven to be not just the outsider, but the non-politician putting meat on those bones many have called the Trump Revolution. And you know, I think it was yesterday, uh, I overheard a talking head on the TV insert, inserting a fear-mongering tactic in regards to this uh, rescission of the TPP. Um, but, you know, and I listen to TV only so that I can listen to what bullshit they might be fostering into the public psyche for talking points on my show. And this talking head suggested that pulling out of the TPP is a potentially dangerous move because it would leave the ability for, get this, China to enter into it. <laughs> Leaving us out in the cold regarding international trade. <laughs> I can only say bullspit. Oh, I'm trying to clean up my act. I'm trying not to swear too much. Bullspit, I say. I seriously doubt that China has any desire to sign on to the diabolical schemes of the TPP is way away from China's immediate and ongoing plans. China's forging relationships of trade on an international scale, including countries within Asia that were maybe becoming party to the TPP. But China's trade deals outside of the TPP are designed as a win-win for countries and in respect for sovereignty in the, sovereignty in the first place as opposed to the TPP, which was placing corporations over the sovereign rule of law. So China's One Belt, One Road infrastructure development plans, along with Russia and all the other nations joining the AIIB, the New Development Bank, the Shanghai Cooperation, and so forth. Well, the TPP, on the other hand, represents the West's global imperialistic crap. China's moving in an entirely different direction. So once again, that talking head, corporate media, stirring up the fear-mongering renegade nation. That's all I want to say about that right now. Okay, what else? Um, one other good aspect is that it seems clear that Trump is being true. Trump, I should say, not Trump. <laughs> Trump is being true to his word, and he's going to renegotiate NAFTA. And as the dealmaker that he is, I think he'll negotiate well for America. Long overdue and necessary to turn the tables back in our favor regarding the major trade imbalances that have contributed to the gutting of our economic health. Oh, and then here's, um, this is really interesting. Uh, Congress just introduced a bill, H.R. 193, the American Sovereignty Restoration Act of 2017. H.R. 193 proposes that the U.S. exit from the United Nations. That's another big yay. Not only will we not have to foot the majority of the bill of the costs of running the United Nations and all its bureaucracies and agencies and related NGOs, because we do, we foot the majority of that bill. Of all of the nations who are members around the world, the U.S. foots over 60% of the costs of that monstrosity. Why should the U.S. spend that much of the taxpayers' money 
on an international body that does not serve the interests of America. Well, it has given the U.S. a controlling voice to push its agendas around the world. But I ask you, whose agendas? The people of America? No. The corporatocracy, which includes the international banking consortiums that control the federal and state levels of corporate government that works for its own agendas and profitability, and usually against the people of America and the world as a whole. Exiting the UN is good for America's interests and a wonderful step in turning the ship of this country around and heading back closer to the land jurisdiction and away from the murky waters of the jurisdiction of the sea. Eh, in my estimation, a hell of a lot more needs to be accomplished to bring back the land jurisdiction, and those efforts are underway. It's a growing movement. Uh, but I'll leave that subject for another time. Uh, but, you know, the way I look at it, exiting the UN, it's a very good first step. Another wonderful aspect of pulling out of the UN. It'll give us the freedom and ability to say no to the invasion by the UN into our educational systems. For a starter, you know, like the disgusting and destructive educational agenda called Common Core, which indoctrinates children to be obedient to authority, to not develop critical thinking skills, and which introduced the policies to place the state superior legally over parents' rights. Another example of the gutting of our educational system, as I've talked to people who have kids in school, well, they talk to me, they've told me about, like, math that's taught through Common Core, for example. Okay, now the math taught in children's developing years is such that they can't understand higher math as they get older. Young adults in the public school system are failing at higher math, which obviously then disqualifies them to compete in technology and the sciences. I ask you, how does that help our future generations in competition with the rest of the world as they move forward with new science and technology, technology fields that are accelerating and coming to the fore every day? It doesn't. It holds America back and destroys the opportunities for the young people coming up, you know? And it also gives us a green light in regards to this break, pulling out of the UN to reject the invasion once again of the UN's Agenda 2030 project, of which Common Core is a part of. And if you're not familiar, the UN's uh, Agenda 2030 is most simply put as follows. This is a decoding of the 2030 agenda. It's a blueprint for the global enslavement of humanity under the boot of corporate masters on all levels that affect everyone's quality of life. Controlling education, health, food, energy, resources, you name it, it's a blueprint for global control into everything that inherently belongs to humanity. I say, kick the UN off our shores, get it out of New York and any other aspect agency or NGO affiliated with it across our land, kick them all out. In fact, Renegade Nation, why don't you get on the horn or email your Congress and Senate people and demand that they vote yes on H.R. 193, 
You know, I have a you know, really strong feeling that Congress introduced this bill this month because they're confident Trump will support it. Because he's already said as much. Okay, I'm going to take a break here. When I come back, I'm going to talk about George Soros and the impact he's had around the world. It looks like there's some serious blowback hitting him right now, and deservedly so. This is Everly Isby. I'll be right back. Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. just turn this music down because I just don't want to have the interference. <laughs> anyway, before I get into George Soros, I have some more good news. Um, the Clinton Foundation is getting rid of its staff and shutting its doors. All their donations, the pay-to-play, the money laundering, and the long list of criminality is coming to an end because Hillary isn't president. She's a nobody now. I feel so very Deeply for the self-serving Clintons, don't you? Well, <laughs> poor Hillary. But do you know what I stumbled across just yesterday? Guess who has set up his own charitable foundation? You gotta shake your head in resigned acceptance because it's only true. Obama. <laughs> yep. Obama has his own fluffy-worded spiel how he's going to provide for all those out there that still want hope and change. Just donate to him at Obama.org. <laughs> God, these people just don't stop, do they? I guess there's enough suckers in the world and certainly enough criminally-minded people out there to keep the shill game going, isn't there? And that's why I want to talk about George Soros, a master of the game, and that's an understatement. Oh, and one more little story about the uh, outgoing Obama, just for shits and giggles. Okay, after eight years of treating our military service men and women like complete crap, our military just stuck it to Obama in a huge way. After hilariously deciding to nominate himself, Obama nominated himself for this, for the prestigious Distinguished Public Service Medal. Obama attended his farewell ceremony at Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall in Virginia. But as Obama made his way to the podium after accepting his self-appointed award for his service to the military, a packed stadium and thunderous applause was quite the opposite scene that greeted him. As he scanned the auditorium with his nose in the air, everyone could immediately see the alarm set in Obama's face as he looked around the auditorium, only to see rows and rows of empty chairs filling the stadium. <laughs> Hilariously, the only people even there to hear him drone on about his accomplishments <laughs> were the soldiers who were actually in the ceremony and forced to be there as part of their military duties. <laughs> I had to share that. Anyway, <clears throat> getting back to it, I want to talk about Soros. Are you familiar with George Soros? Because if you're not, you should be, because this multi-multi-billionaire plays a nasty game on the global stage for his own self-interests and global control agendas. 
I remember when I first became aware of him. It was years ago. Um, it was a 60-minute segment interview with him, with George Soros. And the interview was, uh, I think it was Steve Croft, I do believe. And I'll never forget this because Croft was asking Soros about his background. Uh, and Soros explained he was born in Hungary of a Jewish family and was a young boy during World War II when the Nazis invaded and occupied Hungary. As Soros talked about that period, he said he befriended the Nazis and would do errands and stuff for them. Now, that seemed logical to me, I mean, for survival's sake, during wartime. But Soros went on to convey that as a Jew, masquerading as a Christian, the Nazis asked him to give up the names of the Jews in the area, families, friends, neighbors, which he did. And he shared in the profits from the spoils from those Nazi actions in Hungary. Croft asked him how he felt about that in retrospect. I mean, did he have any remorse? And Soros quickly replied in the negative. Soros had no bad feelings about what he had done for the Nazis. Croft suggested that Soros' collaboration with the Nazis led to the imprisonment and potential deaths of many of his family, friends, neighbors. And once again, Soros dismissed any thoughts of empathy, remorse, or shame in the part he played. His face showed no empathy at all, but actually pride. You know, and I just remember my jaw dropping that this man had the temerity and the hubris to not care what people would think of him, that he happily sent people to concentration camps and probable death. I mean, even if someone is truly without empathy, you know, like a sociopath, they're usually intelligent enough to exhibit uh, just a common sense uh, reaction to at least lie for the television viewing audience, you know? But George Soros, George Soros obviously couldn't care less what humanity thinks of him. And that, my friends, is George Soros. And as I said, we're entering a new era because George Soros and his numerous non-governmental organizations, NGOs, foundations, and affiliated NGOs are coming under attack these days. What's important to understand about George Soros, his nefarious past, and the numerous organizations he's founded, all named to sound as if they promote freedom and are working for the good of humanity, but are, in actuality are fronts that work to destabilize countries and economies to benefit criminal agendas. Soros works hand-in-hand, hand, for example, with the CIA and the deep state neocon neoliberals to institute the overthrow of legitimate governments, start wars, uprisings, riots, and color revolutions, all to benefit the inner city of London's financial district and Wall Street. Soros's fingers are absolutely everywhere, including in America. If you think about Philadelphia, Baltimore, Texas, all of the writing that we have seen here over the past few years have been sponsored by Soros. The violent riots, riots in Washington, D.C., during the lead-up to the inauguration and the Women's March, all funded by and through sources, NGOs, and affiliated networks that work in concert together. Here's some examples. The CIA worked closely with George Soros-financed non-governmental organizations in the former Yugoslavia to ensure that the power of the Serbians was limited and the influence of Muslims, some with ties to global jihadism and organized crime, was advanced. The unlawful coup d'etat in the Ukraine 
attempts to destabilize and demonize Russia, and so on and so forth down the line. Soros is behind it all. Soros's fingerprints have been found in Burma, Thailand, Macedonia, Hungary, Poland, Liberia, and the list goes on, and the list is so long, it is staggering. And that very list of Soros's subversive activities is to empower the imperialistic agendas of the financial interests of the Western elites, hell-bent on a Western-dominated world order and the further enslavement of humanity. George Soros is the epitome of the Luciferian agenda, which comes down to the father of all lies. This democratic fronts, these, I should say, these democratic fronts, are the lies to draw ignorant people into believing that involvement in these NGOs are to promote equality and freedom. <laughs> but the opposite is what is truly at play. This is what happened to the Women's March on Washington. It was backed by Soros in collusion with at least 50 other similarly named NGOs with the same agenda to destabilize the incoming Trump administration and further polarize America towards violence. But now, it appears Soro is facing strong blowback as the evidence of his agendas have become crystal clear. There's a new initiative, it's called Stop Operation Soros, SOS, <laughs> dedicated to countering the influence of American billionaire activist George Soros, has been launched in Macedonia. In a press conference on Tuesday, the founders of the group called on all free-minded citizens, regardless of ethnicity or religion, to join them in the fight against one-mindedness in the civil sector, which is devised and led by George Soros. And that was quoted from the Vesser newspaper uh, in, in Macedonia. The movement says it will first focus on uncovering subversive activities by Soros-funded NGOs. Here's another quote. The Open Society Foundation, operating under the Soros umbrella, used its funding and personnel to support violent processes in Macedonia. It has monopolized the civil society sector, pushing outside any organization which disagrees with the Soros ideology. And Hungary, the country where Soros was born, is taking action as well, utilizing, quote, all the tools at its disposal to sweep out NGOs funded by the Hungarian board financier, which serve global capitalists and back political correctness over national governments. Putin has already banned all of Soros's NGOs and their affiliates from his borders, and it'll be interesting to see what actions will be taken against Soros right here under Trump's administration. I look forward to watching for that. Personally, I think Soros should be tried for crimes against humanity and all of his assets frozen and all of his organizations shut down. But that's just me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a break here. When I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more into the infamous Women's March and how the women, who I'm sure many of them had good intentions but joined with pure corruption, were seriously led astray. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. I'll be right back. Blunt. Do you like to be blunt? Absolutely. We don't sugarcoat shit. Listen, Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Hey there. Hi there. This is Everly. I'm back. 
And I have to speak into the women's march, not only because I'm a woman, but because I believe in equal rights for all, not just women. Like I said, I believe that many of the women participating in that march uh, had heartfelt desires to work for the equality of women and children and society as a whole. But I looked at the slogans and heard some of the statements from a, a variety of women who participated, and, you know, I just had to shake my head. And it's very difficult to speak into the gross ignorance it exhibited that day, and it was embarrassing to watch on the whole. It was it is usually the ignorant who are drawn into the two-faced agenda of the Soroses of, these, of this world, and the ignorance definitely held that day. Also, the celebrities involved who helped fan the flames of this, uh, I can only call it a clusterfuck of a demonstration. Madonna, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, and there were some others. But don't you find it absolutely ironical that these are the celebrity women who came out to spearhead and promote these efforts? These three women, Madonna, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, <laughs> they epitomize the view that women are purely sexual toys and glorify the objectivation of women as a whole. These women have actually done more to hurt women's rights, truth be told. These women are bottom line, Whores who've been who've made a lot of money promoting and displaying themselves purely as sex for sex's sake. I I mean I'm no prude. Sex for sex's sake is okay by me, but as a whole, it's filled with emptiness because love is out of that equation in general. That's the way I look at it. Madonna, although I haven't verified this yet, but uh, and nor will I waste any effort to do so. It's either true or it isn't, and. Honestly, who cares? But I read an article, part of an article anyway, that stated that Madonna may be under investigation by the Secret Service for her radical and violent statements made during the march. Things like, I have a desire to bomb the White House. I'm, you know, paraphrasing that. But, you know, when a person of fame promotes violent thinking like that, ignorant fans may start thinking down that self-same path. Madonna is promoting that idea, instigating it. So I wouldn't be surprised if she is under investigation. But you know, the whole thing is all ludicrous because nothing came out of that protest except device, device, divisiveness. How do you say that? Division. I'll just go with that word for now. My, my, my lips and my tongue aren't coordinating with my brain. Division, separation, and anger. That was what that protest created and promoted. And the issues of women's rights and human rights is important. So I'm going to do a little paraphrasing here because I was listening to this video from Danny McKinney, uh, and it was a rant that she gave on the march, and uh, Danny McKinney's from Removing the Shackles blog site. What she said here I totally resonated with because I agree with her 100%. Some of what she said, I'm just, like I said, paraphrasing and repeating here because it's central to what happened on this women's march. One example she mentioned is that a major concern for women is that the U.S. has the highest infant maternal mortality rates in the developed world. 
the highest rates, even though we spend more on health care than the other developed nations worldwide. But once again, this is not just women's issues. These issues are important to all of us, whether in America or anywhere else. But the results of that march failed miserably because these women threw their hats in the rink for ideologies that weren't wrong. They just can't see how they were being used by agendas that are corrupt at their very core. These women's energy and intent was sucked into Soros and his minions of this world to destabilize, to destroy the fabric of country, this country or any country, to halt Trump's efforts to unify and rebuild this gutted continent. That's what Soros does and has done for decades. These women, aligned with a political structure bent on destabilization, and these women's groups fell on their faces because of it. Align with corruption, and you're doomed. Their voice was lost. It's a sad situation. It truly is. The Women's March and the many other instances of people out there who have been led to polarization, anger, and violent reactionary action and speech are in truth the victims of the indoctrination of the brainwashing machine of mass media and our failing educational systems. It all stands as proof of the dumbing down of society. And that renegade nation is the stunning evidence in front of our eyes today. Okay, renegade nation, that's it for this show. I'll be back soon, and as always, thanks for listening. This is Everly Isby, Connecting the Dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Bye.